0: Yeah! That is a June
1: On 11.16 SEN, The Four Diegos. G'day everyone and welcome to The Four
2: Diegos here on 11.16 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you. This is our 25th year. Carlos Alberto <laughs> Diego,
1: welcome to you. How are you there, Rodrigo? I'm glad you've come to me first. Yeah, it's I, I been thought a while. I would. I thought I would this <laughs> <Because> time. Generally, <laughs> Warren talks for five or six minutes and I get a bit cold waiting for him. No, no, I thought I
2: would this time. Carlos, give yeah. you the... Uh, the first say tonight, but uh, welcome to you. Welcome for another season, Carlos.
1: Thank you. As you said, 25th year. Yeah, it's our 25th year. Wow. Yeah, we'll a, get it right one of these a, days too. It's a
2: silver anniversary. <laughs> um, and uh, Vinnie Venezuela, welcome to oh, you.
3: Thank you very much, Rodrigo. Good to be back. Hello, listeners. Look, it's been a long time. Looking
2: very resplendent tonight in a three-piece. Three-piece suit? Yes. is <laughs> a disco night for you tonight. I'm in the it? shop window.
3: <laughs> shop window radio, Carlos. Yeah.
2: And Warren Diego, you're back as well. Welcome.
4: Yes, I am back, and it is a good, good to be back. And can I say, I know it's August, but you make <laughs> New Year's resolutions for me at the start of the season. And I refuse to be distracted, deterred, annoyed, frustrated by anything Carlos says this year. It's just going to wash over me. So when he starts the show like that, which yeah. is unfortunate but true, <laughs> I'm just going to let it wash over me this year, and I'm not going to bite back in any way, shape, or form for the whole. Of the next year.
1: Warren, except, that, except that when uh, James Troisi is about to sign for Melbourne City, <laughs> and then the next day he decides to renege, does a backflip. Uh, he goes through the medical. He does a cough does test. He does the cough test. you know, City have got his his shirt. He's already selling his shirt <laughs> with a number, Troisi on the back, and then he announces that uh, he's going to play for Melbourne Victory. That will rile you a little no, bit, no, wouldn't it, Warren?
4: No, because I think James Troisi, I would have actually just loved – to hit, for him to move, not because Melbourne City need him or anything, we'll be fine without him. But I would have just loved to see the reaction of all those Melbourne victory fans out there. It just would have spiced the rivalry up a bit. It would have been great.
3: So, Warren, are you promising us a soft underbelly radio? You're just not going <laughs> to, this whole washing over well, thing. I think this I'm season, gonna roll I'm going, over and just
4: take it. I'm going to be less bold. Right. About the predictions that I make. Yeah, that's enough New Year's <laughs> resolutions,
2: Warren. You you, you, know, you won't live up to them. No. City are
4: going to go back to back after watching them last night in the FFA Cup. Hey, we've
2: got a big show for you tonight. Uh, we'll go through some of those FFA uh, Cup scores very, very shortly. We're going to catch up with uh, former socceroo, uh Jeff Olver, and, um, who was also the assistant coach at Heidelberg United. And uh, we'll also catch up with uh, Martin Tyler to get his thoughts on the late, great Les Murray, who, of course, passed away earlier this week. So uh, uh, looking forward to getting uh, Ma- Martin's take on that. Boys, just just quickly, Carlos, any, any of your thoughts? Oh, well,
1: you know, uh, Warren, uh, as he re- one of the original Diego's 25 years ago, we've interviewed Les Murray almost from day one on uh, on the Diego's. Never said no to us. Always very, very um, gracious with his time and generous with his time. And uh, I've got to save every time I met the guy, had wonderful chats with him, and I was lucky enough... Once in Kuala Lumpur, in a bar uh, after one of the AFC awards nights, to spend many hours with him, just talking everything football. It was one of the highlights of my life, to tell you the truth. Sitting with him, drinking, you know, a few bottles of wine on, <laughs> by the way, SBS's account. Not, not even better, Carl. Absolutely, and uh, it was just a wonderful night. And uh, it, I've got to say, I was shocked, and uh, <laughs> when I heard that he had uh, passed away. Well, I think. The link, Johnny Warren and Les Murray, you know, Mm. that sort of link in terms
4: of the history of the game. We've obviously interviewed him. The indelible mark, not so much in terms of what he meant to the game, but the commentary and the the pregame shows from the backdrops of the World Cups, (laughs) whether it be in South Africa, where I think it was Table Mountain, they'd set themselves up somewhere in Cape Town or... Christ the Redeemer in Brazil, USA
1: ninety four. You yeah. had the cowboy hat and they were on horses. <laughs> and really,
4: I mean that's such a yeah. an important link of the game in Australia when we weren't qualifying, and yeah. then it when we were, and what came of that. So it's it's sad when you're getting to this age and you've been in the game as long, not as long as them, but that we start losing some of those people.
2: Yep. Hey, looking forward to uh, speaking with Martin Tyler uh, to talk about the late great Les Murray. But of, of, it's um, eleven past eleven. Got to tighten up those throws. <laughs> Send us a text message tonight on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen zero four double three ninety eight. 11 16. We'll take some of your calls on the SEN Open line thanks to Get Wines Direct. Online wines made easy and the best deals every day on 9429 9, 11 16. Round of 32, of course, in the FFA Cup. Uh, some notable results. Melbourne City defeated Pen- Peninsula Power 2 0. Blacktown City defeated Central Coast Mariners 3 2 tonight. <laughs> That's a big result. And Sydney FC put uh, 8 past uh, Rovers Darwin FC 8 0. But there was a massive result last night. Heidelberg United defeated Perth <laughs> Glory 1-0. And we're going to go to former great soccerer himself and assistant coach at Heidelberg United, Jeff Olver. Jeff, welcome to the Four Diegos.
5: Uh, thanks, guys. Appreciate
2: it. Oh, it's our pleasure. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you, Vinny Venezuela, Warren Diego and Carlos Alberto Diego. Jeff, what a night, mate. Have you come down from the euphoria
1: yet?
5: No, it was a yeah it was a great night uh yeah we have uh, unfortunately uh, you know you got to live in the moment because unfortunately we've got to uh, go around again on friday in one of our catch up games so uh, we really enjoyed last night and obviously enjoyed all the uh, media coverage that we've got today with obviously all the different forms of media paper tv social media so it's been you know it's been great for the club and you know great exposure for our sponsors and and all the hard work that people have been putting uh, putting down there over the last, you know, three or four years. So it's fantastic.
4: Jeff, Carlos was mentioning before the show, and I think this was evident last night that, seemingly in some of the games so far in this round of 32, that the so-called lesser lights, like yourselves, playing against A League opposition, have just said, "No, we're not going to defend. We're not going to try and park the bus and actually just hold out for a result. We feel that we've got an opportunity with the talent." Maybe we're playing at home to really play against these guys, to really have a bit of a crack at them. And that's the one thing that was clear last night, that all of your players had a mentality that you were going to have a red-hot crack and you were going to try and win the game, not just defend and try to hold on.
5: Well, I, I agree totally. I, I think the, the thing, we're probably about, you know, from our perspective, we, we did fancy ourselves, obviously we've had a good season so far, obviously in the NPL. Obviously, if you've got to get an A-league club, it's probably the best time to do it because, obviously, you know, uh, speaking to Kenny Lowe and so on last night, they're, you know, four or five weeks into the pre-season. Um, but I think if you were in neutral last night and you turned the TV on and you didn't know who Heidelberg was and you didn't know who Perth was, you would say, well, who, you know, you couldn't have told the difference. So I think that's a that's a credit to, to the players. It's a credit to, as I said, the club. But also, it just shows you that, obviously, the NPL slowly closing the gap because obviously Blacktown tonight got a great result against Central Coast. So, But, yeah, we felt that our season so far has gone so well and we felt that we, you know... We showed them respect but we thought that if we got on the front foot we'd make it difficult them. and as it turned out it worked out for us.
3: Jeff of any Venezuela you given that uh it was like a Cinderella story and you said the you the boys celebrated, can you confirm that they are all back from last <laughs> night? Are they they where they well, need to had, be? We've no we've had no phone calls from the police today, <laughs> so that's a good
5: sign. Oh um, good so I know you know, normally there's a few divvy vans do go past over <laughs> but none of our boys in the back of it, so that's also a good sign. I know uh, the guys, I mean, the guys, uh, you know, people don't realise the amount of work that the guys in the NPL put in. I mean, all our guys worked yesterday, uh, got to the ground, and then, you know, we, we try and make as professional as we can, and we did a recovery. We did the ice pass after the game yesterday. We did a light session tonight. We had our two physios in and the, you know, getting rubs and massages and all those type of things and just did a light stretch. So... You know, people don't really appreciate how hard it is for the guys in the NPL. Um, and again, we've got ambitions obviously to continue to do what we've done all year and, uh, you know, and try and win the league and win the top and, and, and try and go further. So it's credit to the guys. You know what they do to to get up for the games. It's incredible, to be honest.
1: Jeff, it's Carlos. Uh, everyone's talking about Kenny Atheu. a fantastic uh, goalie he scored. He had a couple of other chances too. He's got the the kanu look about him. He's got the the, the build. He's got the touch. Um, no doubt with his performance last night and the goalie scored, there'll be A League teams at least considering approaching him. What's he need? I mean, you're you're a great coach. I've known you for many decades in the coaching ranks. You know what it takes to. To play at the top top level in Australia, what does Kenny need to refine his game to be to go to that next level? Uh, well, you know, I, at some stage. I,
5: I think Carlos, at the moment, like a lot of the guys in the NPL, they need an opportunity, and unfortunately, uh, those guys are not getting it. And I, I'm a big advocate, having been in the coaching say for a long, long time. Um, I think it's time, you know, that the people within the A League. Uh, have a look at the MPL. I'm not saying, I, I believe there's probably between eight to probably 12 guys that are currently playing MPL in, in Victoria that are worth at least an opportunity. Um, but unfortunately, I don't know why. And this is sort of, uh, you know, the LA clubs, unfortunately, for whatever reason, continue to recycle the same old players. And, you know, the FA Cup is a great vehicle for guys like Kenny, you know, even Sean Ellis last night, you know, a couple of veterans of Stevie Pace still doing it at 34, 35, Jack Petrie in mid-20s. And obviously, as I said, there's a number of other clubs that have got some good young talent, which I believe, given the opportunity in in the right environment, um, you know, could do well. So hopefully, I'm hoping that Kenny gets that opportunity to go into a full... You know, he's only 21, 22 years of age, so, and he's got a lot of attributes. And most of all, he's a really good kid. So I, I hope that somebody takes the punt. And gives him the opportunity, like, you know, all the great players, of the Mark Fadukas of the world and all the guys that come through my area and eras after, we were all given opportunities at 18, 19. And not to be rude, we, I thought we did pretty well. It's, it's
1: really crazy. The kid's 21 and his phone should be ringing off the hook right now. Uh, that, that's, that's my opinion anyway. Uh, if, uh, at that age there, with that build, scoring the goal he did and having those other chances and the way he moves, uh, it's crazy if A-League clubs aren't looking at him. But the one I was really interested in too was Sean Ellis. You mentioned him. I mean, when he nutmegged, I think it was, jo- uh, I'm not sure who he, one of the Perth Glory, uh, defenders, and yeah, he went around the uh, back of them and cut one back and nearly, nearly got one, uh, he Nearly scored a goal from it. Uh, he looked really sharp. Uh, he's a Scottish boy. Where, where did you end up um, yeah, recruiting a, him?
5: He, yeah, we recruited him from the Golden Suns. Uh, he, he was from the Golden Suns, and we recruited him uh, last season. And he's your, you know, he's a, a Scottish lad, mad Celtic fan. Um, you know, he's your typical Scottish winger. You know, we don't see too much of that these days. Where he gets the ball and he likes to run at people. Uh, very cultured left foot. Again, he's only, you know, I think, uh, off the top of my head, I think Sean's somewhere there was sort of 23, 24, 25. He's not much older than that. So, and his performance last night, um, I think the only time the, the left fullback got news next to him was at, you know, the start of the game and uh, at the end of the game because, uh, you know, Sean put on a, uh, a splendid performance and was a bit stiff not to uh, score a goal or two, to be honest.
3: And, Jeff, before the players go out, uh, are the last words spoken to them, shop window? <laughs>
5: No, it's normally uh internet and uh you know, <laughs> Facebook and everything else these days. So, um no, uh, again it's you know, the message from George and the message has been all the time it's, it's just a good opportunity. You know, it's a good opportunity as we know, not to go back to all our yesterday years. I mean Heidelberg, you know, back in the day was a very, big, very 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 big club and produced a number of soccer roos in the journey. So that history hasn't been lost. Not by NPL clubs. Maybe some people in the FFA may have lost it along the way occasionally, but uh, it was just a massive opportunity for the club. You know the amount of exposure that the club has got in the last 24 hours, and no doubt the amount of exposure that you know Blacktown will get as well uh, with their performance tonight. I mean, I was sitting home working it out at the moment. By the time the end of the 32, there'll be five A-League clubs out of the out of the competition. So there's only 10 of them in there. So that's a credit to to the clubs in the NPL or in the lower divisions. It's a great credit to them.
4: And, Jeff, the ambition of Heidelberg, is it as simply just being the very best club you can be and winning the competitions that you're in as you go through? Or is there an eye for the club on, you know, the second division possibly or the opportunities that could present in A-League expansion? Is that talked about within the club or is it just as much about just winning the competitions you're currently in and doing the best you can?
5: Well, I think it's, it's, it's all of the above. I think, you know, we want to be competitive in the competition that we're in, and, and touch wood so far this year we have been. Uh, I think for, you know, you know in, even Ange prost is has said in a number of statements that there needs to be more clubs playing at a good level. Uh, at the moment, obviously, there's 10 clubs in the A-League. I'm not saying that Haribur should be in the A-League, but I think there's been a big push from the clubs themselves to get a second tier. That might be the starting point where you've got, you know, the, the next row of talent coming through. It's, again, as you said, putting them in the shop window, giving them the opportunities. You know, it, it, people forget our guys, some of our guys, you know, this, you know, Costa Comacaris is a Tyler here to get up out of bed this morning at six o'clock to go to work is where, no disrespect, Perth arrived on them on the, on the, on the Monday afternoon, went to their hotel, relaxed, and then had an easy day, or you know, probably go to their pre-match ritual, and then rolled up to our game. And then they went back to their hotel, or they might have got the, the late flight, or go back to the hotel and then get up in the morning and get on a plane. So I just think if you give the players the same opportunities, uh, I think there's some really good young talent out there that can uh, go to that next level.
2: Hey Jeff, um, mate! Congratulations again on behalf of the Diegos and all of our listeners. Congratulations, and mate, let's go all keep, the way, keep Jeff. Going go forward, all the way. Keep
5: going forward. Well, that's, that's the plan. Is the old cliche: when you win it, you can win it, and that's uh, certainly what we're trying to do. Appreciate your time. Thanks bro.
2: for your time tonight. Uh, there's former soccer, and an assistant coach at. Uh, the world beating Heidelberg United, who defeated Perth Glory 1 0. Uh, just off the text message, um, to be fair, Perth Glory is still in pre season as opposed to Heidelberg. X Factor.
1: Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, who know, cares? you can only play what's in front of you. Exactly. And they didn't. The only one they missed was uh, Diego Castro didn't play. And Rostin Griffiths has gone off uh, to Uzbekistan, I think, yes. to play football. So uh, they're the only two.
3: Powerhouse of world football. I will, I will say, say this. this.
1: Got a fair song,
4: Heidelberg. The boys pumped it out on the ground in front of their fans, and then there was a bit of vision yeah. from inside the rooms when you had a few young kids, and it was like a multiverse
2: club song that seemingly <laughs> went on could forever. have gone forever. <laughs> it was great. Hey, we're going to take a break now. When we come back, we're going to catch up with the world's greatest football commentator, talk about uh, Australia's greatest football, uh, well, commentator and uh, football uh, pioneer, Les Murray. It's uh, Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Thanks for joining us on this very cool... Wednesday night. At it's Disney freezing. It's back after a little break. We're very, very happy to be back. Uh, and uh, we talked to Jeff Olver just before about uh, Heidelberg United's defeat of Perth Glory in the FFA Cup 1-0. We've also talked about the uh, sad passing of uh, Les Murray. And you've joined us on the text message here as well. Dean in Crib Point. Welcome back, guys. Les was the best at pronunciations of footballers' <laughs> names, no matter how hard he was. Except for you, Rodrigo. He was the best. RIP. Go Chelsea back-to-back. Peter in Cheltenham. Les Murray, a sad and great loss to the world game. I remember remember watching World Soccer on SBS back in the 80s in 1980 and Les as the host. RIP, uh, there's Peter in Cheltenham. So keep them coming on 0433 98 1116. We'd love to hear from you. But uh, on a sad occasion, but it's also a reflective occasion, it's time... Well, we thought it was time to go and catch up with a man who, you know, after all the wonderful outpouring of love uh, towards Les, we've heard from people from all walks of life here in Australia talk about what Les meant to them um, throughout, you know, as a pioneer of football in this country. We did think it was a very good idea to talk to one of our favourites, the world's greatest commentator, um, who did some great TV with Les Murray over multiple World Cups. We want Martin Tyler to talk about Les Murray. Martin, welcome to the Four Diego's.
0: Well, it's nice to be with you again, guys, although obviously it's a sad scenario that's brought us together again, um, but uh, it's a wonderful opportunity for me to tell even more about the the great life of Les Murray mm-hmm. um, from my perspective, first and foremost, uh, a wonderful friend, um, although you know we live the opposite sides of the world, we, we were always in touch and always uh, Uh, using the technology that was a bit too modern for both of us really. We were were, um, always talking about the big issues in the the game that we love, the games that we've given our careers to and and some would say our lives to Um, and and Les was a kindred spirit of mine. Um, We're actually very similar ages. He was born I think a couple of weeks after me, not that far away compared to Australia in Hungary. It was I guess there's a sort of European base in there between the two of us, and we understood um, what Les was so proud of those um, years, 60 years ago, the great Hungarian teams and the great players, Puskas and Hideguti, and the like, And, and so that gave us a good starting point because if ever um, I detected that he, he wanted England not to win. I him about Hungary. <laughs> Martin, can we just confirm
3: you're not Hungarian, are you? No, he was Les Murray. You're Martin Tyler.
0: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm certainly. I was certainly a fan. I there the, the, the were some grainy black and white coverage of of those great Hungarian teams, and of course, uh, as Les would point out quite often to me. They won (laughs) 6-3 at Wembley, and then what people tend to forget is uh, I think six months later, England returned the fixture, and Hungary just returned the drubbing. They they won (laughs) 7-1 the second time, so um, those were, you know, we used to chuckle about that, but Les had a a wonderful knowledge of the game. Uh, That uh, message you got about pronunciation, I can only (laughs) agree totally. I I take it very seriously, but uh, Les topped me on that, and um, we we always tried to please Les with the, the foreign names. So <laughs> we were working often. He was in the studio, and I had to hand back to him. And I thought, have I got through forty-five minutes without messing up on something that would mean a lot to him? But um, he, he was a wonderful. Uh, it was a great. he was a perfectionist, and a, you know, a, a really serious about his broadcasting and his football. But away from that, he was he was just a great person to be around. Always generous with his time, generous with his knowledge. Um, and mildly shocked at the uh, impression that he um, he 'd actually helped the, the growth of the game in australia um, he he would never take himself too seriously in that respect, but I think we should, and what a pioneer what one man who' stood up for it against. You know, television, you know better than me, guys. I mean, obviously, I, I'm in a country where it's always been top of the list. But um, in Australia, it, it hasn't It may never will be. But where it is now is is uh, down to Les Murray and, of course, Johnny Warren, who we lost a few years ago as well, and, and those around them at the time who, um, who push for, you know, getting it on TV, getting it done properly. And when I did my first World Cup with SBS in 1990, I was... A bit concerned as to whether you know how how it would be um, portrayed, whether they, the audience was ready for sort of serious coverage of it, and th- th- that was answered unequivocally yes, and we had an amazing response to that World Cup and Les was the, the cornerstone of it, sitting up on the, that hastily uh, erected studio somewhere in Rome <laughs> but, which is very hard to find. We all got out there actually and None of our accommodation had been booked. So we were we were put into all sorts of places to um to stay in the first few nights. But it didn't ruffle Les's demeanour and his broadcasting. He was he was on top of it right from the start. And that, that was the first, as you said earlier, of many World Cups and European championships that I was able to do with Les right up to twenty fourteen where he was he officially retired, although people like Les never retire really. Uh, he he died with his boots on. He was still very much until the illness really got got um, stopped stopped him contributing. Um, you know he was there for everybody and, and always a wise wise counsel and, and, and in, in public and in private.
1: Martin, it's Carlos. Uh, I was lucky enough to be in Kuala Lumpur with. Uh, Les, uh, during an AFC awards ceremony almost 10 years ago, and uh, I wasn't there with him. I, I happened to be there, and he was there, and I was watching from afar wherever we went uh, to any function, any press conference during that whole week, uh, he, you know, he was approached by significant people in the game who were running the game, whether it be, you know, the, the, the royal family of Dubai or whether it be, you know, Mohammed bin Ham, Ham Haman or, you know, any FIFA official. And it wasn't a handshake that I might get. <laughs> and mine was normally a soft handshake. <laughs> His was kiss on both cheeks and a bit of a hug. He was so respected by really, really important people in the game. Did you witness that at all during your World Cup time with him?
0: Uh, yes, all the time. Um, you know, he, his contacts were, were terrific because of that trust that people had in him. Um, and not everybody who was a contact of him was probably as trustworthy as Les mm. himself. Um, but Les never let that disturb him. You know, he he had his own values, which were, I think most people listening, when I say the right kind of values, you know what I mean. And And he was... Um, a person who could put his head on the pillow every night and know that he'd done his best and that he'd done nothing underhand. or uh, he, he despised all that. And, and obviously, as uh, he got uh, posed in FIFA, I think he was on the ethics committee, which doesn't sound too good, really, when you say it now, but he was the, the one voice of reason, maybe, mm. in, in that committee. I mean, he, he was totally... I mean, if, if Les said it it was, you know, there was never he was never going around the house in a, in a, you know, football we love as broadcasting it, it's an, a sport which, you know, the beautiful game which was a phrase that Les used all the time um, but of course we know the industry is is difficult to penetrate and that, that, that there are parts of it that, that probably um, we would change if we could um, Les knew what he could do to an extent but he knew you know, what he was, which was Somebody who had to go back to the studio and and put it on the line, and put it there for the record, you know. And he he wouldn't take any nonsense. So he was a he was a steely character in many ways. But um, uh, that was because he was a professional perfectionist. And uh, I, I felt so much in common with him. I'm I'm a bit similar to that. And uh, you always want to get it right. You can't always do that. He got it right more often than most. And and uh, football in Australia. Uh, is where it is today, not just because of Les, but he played a huge part, and he dragged others with him, you know, particularly the TV executives, and when we did that World Cup, uh, we covered every game, um, well, I don't think we could say we covered them all live, because some of them took place at the same time, but they were all on full matches, the first time I think that happened in Australia, I commentated on 39 of them, <laughs> in case. and Les was there presenting all of them, I think, and uh, Uh, You know, it was um, it was a marathon, um, but it was was a marathon on a course that hadn't really been run before, uh, certainly as far as uh, Australia was concerned. And it was the start of a a couple of decades where uh, I think SBS was absolutely on on top form, and and Les was the um, Les was the team leader. Although you know there were bosses, um, although he became a boss, I think later on in his career, Um, but he. He set the standards, and those standards were really high.
3: Martin, can I ask, uh, was 1990 when you first met Les, and did you find after, or when once once that friendship took, took place, were you in regular contact uh, with Les as well? In
0: 1988, I made my still one and only trip to Australia for the Bicentennial Gold Cup. And I was, I think, pretty much a late choice by... A, uh, ABC because they couldn't find anybody <laughs> in their own in their own organisation. Um, I remember being told at the end by one of the David Hills, not not the one who I think ended up doing the cricket, um, but the, I think it was another David Hill. I had a feeling he was involved with the railways or something. Yeah, I'm he ended like up reading,
1: running running uh, Soccer Australia. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, he said to me at the end, "I didn't want you to come, mate, but you did a good job." <laughs> <laughs> And uh, that, was, that, that was meant from the heart, too, and it was, it was, I took it uh, as it was meant. Um, so I met Les on that trip. Obviously, I wasn't working directly with him because he was with SBS then, but my contacts with him and a guy called Dominic Galati um, led to me um, being uh, contacted for, I think before the, the 1990 World Cup, I, think, I seem to remember doing the 1989 Champions League final for SBS. So there were lots of other, not just the, um, the, the every every two years major tournament, because we did some European championships as well, um, but there was you know, pretty regular involvement with the Champions League for a period as well, so yeah, and that would always be preceded by catch-ups with Les. Um, but the be- that, obviously, being in his company was the best thing, and um, uh, I did mention in my little tribute on the, on the SBS website, it involved countless cups of coffee. Uh, m- far more than I would normally drink, but Les was fueled by them, and, and he wanted to keep up with them. Uh, and lots of uh, detailed research, and he loved having the newspapers around him, particularly those uh, um, sporting papers that, that Spain and Italy are famous for, and France. That uh, we we managed to pick our way through linguistically. I mean, Les, of course, had had. Hungarian up his sleeve, although he, he didn't, he didn't use it too often. I heard it a few times when when it was appropriate with some colleagues. But um, his story is amazing, isn't it? It's just an amazing story. Uh, uh, talk about making great use of, of the time that you're allotted, you know, and to, to escape from Hungary as the family did, and and to make such an impact in in the country that welcomed him and his family. Uh, And because we know he's a musician and uh, all sorts of other things, he he, he could have starred in his own movie and his life was worth a movie. Mm.
4: Martin, I think the thing that I most appreciate about Les Murray is his promotion of the Australian game or Australia as a player in world football and also the encouragement for us to forge our own identity in terms of the way we wanted to play the game. And well before we were qualifying for World Cups after we initially did and you guys were doing the commentary. It was always about the promotion of Australian football as part of the world game and the qualities that we could bring as a country of migrants, people like Les coming to the country and and forging the game and just his promotion of of the sport in our country... um, is one of the legacies that he'll leave in terms of establishing it, not as the dominant sport, but as a sport that is now considered to be part of the fabric of our country.
0: Yes, and you've used uh, two words there, um, which I think sum up what he did, Australian football. I mean, he couldn't take soccer. If anybody said soccer in his company, <laughs> he was he was um, very uh, very rebuking. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that in itself is uh, an amazing achievement, really. Uh, it sounds simple now, doesn't it? But uh, uh, you know better than me. Um, I always felt that this is an argument that you have in the USA as well as Australia, you know, as if because it's a world game, it's going to take over everything else and that the other sports are fearful of it. And um, they should not be fearful of it as a place alongside um, whichever other sports. Uh, uh, yes, you might compete for young athletes. You know, you, they might, the, the, the rugby codes might be thinking, oh, we don't want our best lads going off to play football. Um, but that's this, this, it doesn't happen. Very few can be good at those games. I mean, the, the size. Of them, um, I watched a little bit of the Lions tour. I don't really like rugby, to be honest with you. But my channel over here was covering the Lions tour to New Zealand, and I mean, none of them could play football. <laughs> Look at the size of them. They, you know, they, they wouldn't even get out the tunnel in most grounds, I don't think. <laughs> um, so it's, it's not. It's not. Now this is not so much about Les, but maybe what he what he, he felt as well that that there is a Place alongside. Not nobody wants to trample over other sports, and that's the last thing. You know, football stands up to be judged and enjoyed by those who want to reach to it. You know, and uh, its world um, exposure tells you that a lot of people do want to do it. So it, it has its own attraction. Um, but yeah, he he was. A very australian in 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 the way he went about it i mean for australia to qualify for the the recent world cups i mean he was so happy um with that he also um yeah i think he touched on it in, in, in this, Making that point as well. The way the game was played was important to Les as well. He used to tease me about England being <laughs> wacky, kick, kick and rush and all the stuff that's uh, tossed down. If England put five passes together, I used to go in to see him afterwards and say, Did you see that move? <laughs> oh, by the way, I can have some credit for that. <laughs> um, but, but working with him, of course, I wasn't English. I was, I was you know, a, a professional, neutral broadcaster, which. You know Les, Les was when when we were on the air, but he wanted, he wanted Australia to to do well and and why not? I mean Australia had done very well for him and his family, and you know I suppose there 'd be many there must have been countless stories that you guys have come across with those who've come from either immigrants as Les was or from a family of immigrants and, and and have embraced the the chance that Australia has, has given those who weren 't given a chance in their country of origin. And Les never forgot that. Um, I I got his book out the other day to have a look when the sad news came through. what What a great read it was, again, to go back to it, the way he wrote it. Was like he was speaking to us again, you know. So, but uh, that wonderful voice, which um, I think fooled a few viewers, didn't it? Nobody was quite sure where he came from. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, but it was just that he did those um, opening sequences. Uh, he loved the city shots, you know, the, wherever we were, he loved. Bringing you to where we were with uh, with the geography of it all, and and um, he took great pride in getting uh, getting the words right and those opening sequences from wherever we were. And we're all about this, really. He he um, he he was he was in Australia, but he he was a. Uh, he was a real man of the world and, and uh, a man of, uh, of the world of the game that he loved.
1: Now, Martin, we, we sort of know, obviously, that uh, you know, when you're doing a World Cup with that team, that SBS team, it's all consuming 30-plus games, calling every day, uh, endless meetings. Uh, given that he will no longer be doing World Cups with you, what will you miss most about Les Murray not being there?
0: I think first and foremost, somebody my age <laughs> to, to to deal with the issues that when you get a little bit older that you have to deal with, you know. And um, I, I think you know, I can't expect um, we all have our time, you know, and I, I am down to do the next World Cup for SPS. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And I promise you guys... Um, my, my desire to do it well is always there, but I have another desire to do it well because I've got to live up to what Les would expect, you know? And I think we all feel like that, certainly speaking to some of my best colleagues um, and, and that's the sad news filtered through in the last couple of days. Everybody wants this to make – we knew Les wouldn't be there anyway because he'd retired. We had a big send-off for him in Brazil, which was – which was lovely. Now nobody thought that we'd be having these conversations less than you know, less than four years later before the next World Cup. Um, uh, but he was given, you know, a, 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 on the air and off the air. We had uh, <laughs> we went out on a party boat out into the bay in in Rio, and, and everybody was like jumping in the water. And Les and, uh, said, "You're not going to do that." I, you know, I said, "Look, England haven't made a splash in this tournament. Someone's got to do it." <laughs> <laughs> And I jumped in, and he, I can. I remember looking up, and he was shaking his head as if to say, "You're not going to get me to do that." But, um, but we. But that was part of his, um, you know, part of his professional goodbye. But I didn't think it would be um, a real goodbye. Now.
2: Well, Martin, mate. Um, look, we're so pleased you took our call tonight. We're so pleased you've come on air to share, you know, with us your thoughts on on the great man because he spoke to us as um, children of immigrants. Um, here in Australia, you know, he was the voice of this game as you're a voice of the game uh, worldwide and uh, we really appreciate your thoughts on the great Les Murray. Um, Stay well and we uh, look forward to hearing you um, during the football seasons that that are ahead of us.
0: Thank you and and thanks for remembering Les and I hope um, none of us will forget him.
2: No, we won't. Thanks. Uh, There's the great Martin Tyler talking about his mate uh, Les Murray. And uh, on that note, I think we'll take a break and come back with more of the Four Diego's here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the Four
1: Diego's.
2: for your company tonight Uh, just off the text messages here G'day to Marie welcome back to you Um, I'll say it was tough watching every game 3, 5 and 7am great job Martin and Les. that's Gavin in Baronia so thanks for that uh, Garen, uh, for Diego's, can we please have more uh, EPL talk? Interest in the EPL has subsided because of Optus, so please more EPL talk. Sam the Hammer, can to I?
1: Uh, well, right. can, can I guarantee have Mike, Mike's not available to us tonight? But we'll have Mike McGrath oh, on every week.
4: So, and as Liverpool continues to dominate this year's <laughs> Premier League, we'll talk about the Premier League. As where, much where, where, as I will, where will
1: the Audi Cup come in the in the pantheon of trophies? Oh no, Liverpool,
4: no, no, no! See, Liverpool have already won a trophy this year. We won Le- the Asian Premier League <laughs> Challenge in Hong Kong. We beat the we beat yeah. the heady teams. We beat Leicester, Leicester City, City in the grand final. Did Tranmere Bro play playing it too? Uh, no, actually, that was our first. Break. Liverpool are undefeated. Yeovil Town, they they're play? undefeated in the pre-season, Carlos. <laughs>
2: and you need to be aware of that. Wow, thank you. I'm so he impressed. Started early, hasn't he? Yeah. Hey, uh, let's talk about the Matildas. They're at the tournament oh. of nations uh, up against uh, the US, Japan, and Brazil. And uh, firstly, what a wonderful result against the US, oh. um, number one in the, in the world. Never by beaten what. them yep. before. Yep. Then they uh, pretty much uh, smashed uh, Japan. They've yep. got Brazil yep. coming up uh, on the Friday 4th of morning. August. Yep. Um, what are your thoughts so far?
1: We've gone to the next level. Uh, we are now favourites for the next World Cup. Mm. Um, the girls are playing terrific football. It's not backs against the wall sort of stuff. It's not you know, scratching and clawing to wins. They're actually playing great football under Alan Sasich. And, uh, and I, I just love the way these girls have progressed. I just hope that they can maintain it uh, in a World Cup year and really go to a World Cup. They're young enough. And I think they're precocious enough, like they've got the confidence and the the skill, the athleticism,
4: the teamwork. And the coaching. The coaching. But it all comes together. And can I say, I hope that we can afford more than just bringing out the kangaroo promotion for our World Cup bid with the men. There's been talk of... We won't get that World Cup.
1: What? We won't get it. But isn't the timing beautiful? We for, we're Australia. We're not going to get women's that. Women's World Cup. That's more about trying to take some of the gloss away from the AFLW, but I don't think we really believe we're going to be given that World Cup. Okay. Uh, there are South American countries that won a World Cup, and with the politics in FIFA, they'll get it. But look, the girls, I want them to go to Colombia and win a World Cup for us. You know, they will win a World Cup. That, I, think, look, I reckon in the next couple of no rotations, doubt. they will win a World Cup, these girls. Sam Kerr, Gosh. a hat-trick on the weekend. She is a Her star. Her backflips are sensational. And, and they have been
3: unlucky in some previous tournaments at, yep. the, at, at that level, losing games that yep. they shouldn't have lost because finals and
1: stuff in Brazil. And by the way, Brazil's back here in September. Two games. Two games. Yep. Uh, West Sydney, I think Newcastle yes, So correct. Um, uh, I'm really glad that the, the sport is investing in these girls getting proper games uh, back here too, because this Brazilian side is a very good side. We'll see them on Friday. Uh, I, I just, I'm just so, so happy because we always supported the women's game, but I don't know whether we always believed in it, in the way they went about it and the way they played. But now they're playing great football, and they have now for a couple of tournaments, and they just, they're, they're right at that right age, Vinny. The timing right is, right the timing is yeah. so good yeah. in
4: terms of the women's sporting landscape in Australia for the premier sport. I mean, I would say the Matildas, with the Diamonds as the netball team, they're the premier women's sporting teams in the country at the moment. And the timing is great for them to continue. Because, I mean, I see the growth of girls playing football at a local level. And I think it's captured girls more than what even people think at local level,
1: around them wanting to participate. But to, to the young girls, sorry, Rodrigo, I know, you know you've got to go to a break, but do, the, the young girls, I mean, you've got daughters, uh, Vinny, yeah, you've got yeah. daughters, do they actually take notice of the Matildas' results and maybe Sam Kerr, and does that spur them on? Or do they just, do they just play the game because they just love the game?
3: I think they play the game... Because they love the game. But I think that when they see the Matildas, it gives them something to aspire to and it makes it more real. So, Lily Venezuela, I know that she loves watching the Matildas. and uh, she, the, the names in the Matildas aren't household for her yet because I don't think they've got that profile. But it certainly it gets them watching and believing that what they play is real.
1: And she's a goal scorer uh, for scores of fun. She scores of fun. Will she be doing the backflip a la... Sing no, know I've banned it. I, you know, I'm trying to protect
3: her. I, I want to get sort of her, a long career for, from her.
4: I mean, I. See, I mean, you, the beauty of those games being on Foxtel too is you can actually record them and watch them and use them as not only coaching tools in terms of movement and play and that sort of stuff. And I think, look, eventually, every kid playing whatever sport needs a hero to aspire to, and that's what this does for sure.
2: So they're on at 9.15 on Friday, the 4th of August. Australia, Matilda's take on Brazil. It's on Fox Football 505. So uh, as you said, Warren, absolutely very accessible to some people who've got Foxtel, of course. Hey, uh, looking forward to that. We're going to take a break now and then, Vinny, you asked for it. We're going to talk about Neymar Jr. (laughs) He's coming to Um, Liverpool, apparently. Right (laughs) after this on the Four Diego's on 11.16 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On eleven sixteen, SEN the Four Diego's. Just a couple of minutes to go before we sign off on our first show for twenty seventeen. Well, this season we were on, obviously
4: 2017, 2018
2: season. Thank you there, Warren. Um, Vinny, Venezuelan Neymar has told Barcelona, Barcelona. that uh,
1: he has plans to leave the club. Has he, has he actually told them? No. What? Or he's they people... tweeted? No, they tweeted. They no, tweeted. Neymar's said nothing. Uh, he's leaving. But by not, by not saying anything, it lot. means he wants to go. How yeah. does a millennial on
2: 262 million euro <laughs> yeah. tell his boss that he texts them or yeah. IMs them, but something like when that? When you've got
1: that much money, yeah. you're in industry, you've got your own people. Oh, right. when, so when, people are speaking to people, but yeah. he's not saying anything. No. When you've got
3: that much money and you go for the cough test, you insist on a golden glove. <laughs> That's true. A golden glove. Yeah. To, yeah. Can I just say, I want the Pope to intervene, Rodrigo. It's <laughs> far too much high. money. You think he's goes. got to say, this is silly now, yeah. stop it. Mm. Yeah, it's audience. just obscene. Right, and
4: any rumours that you start creating that <laughs> the the it'll be the domino effect that will impact on Liverpool. Well, the Pope, I resent
3: that the Pope should also intervene for Liverpool's sake. Yeah, You, you know, Barcelona
1: are apparently in for Mane, Salah, <laughs> Coutinho. <laughs> it'll be a swoop. Yeah, and Klopp and Klopp. They, <laughs> they're going for them all. Liverpool will be decimated <laughs> completely. Yeah. And uh, oh, but yes. this will reverberate because what's happened now is because there's better colours, players than Neymar. Er. There's Messi and, and Cristiano Ronaldo. Don't tell me them their agents aren't reevaluating <laughs> their contracts. <laughs> Absolutely. Now. If he's worth 275 mil, but he's not Messi that. will be saying, or his people will be saying, and it's usually his people and his dad will be saying, listen, if he's worth 275, we're worth 400. <laughs> Let's renegotiate this 10-year contract we're on. That's all before
2: tax, Carlos. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> hey, well, that's it uh, for this week's show. I thought he just knocked on the coach's door and said, Mate, I'm leaving. Hi, Diego's. <laughs> welcome back. My seven-year-old daughter attended a football clinic hosted by Tim Cale. So giving. Thanks, Tommy Greenvale. So remember, Carlos. Where we're a Puerto Rican girls hang out. We'll be there.
3: Where Sumba, Rumba and La Bamba. We'll, we'll be there. Where there are girls with fruit on their head and balls at their feet. We'll, we'll be, be there. Where the
2: gringos play football. We'll be there. there. We are the Four Diego.